Good morning, good morning, shake my hand, 365, 365 Money Heist Podcast, uh, very, very happy to be with you this morning, today, ladies and gentlemen, we are reading the last chapter of Happy Money, and oh my goodness, I hope you've been learning as I have been relearning, um, it's absolutely crucial, we understand the neutral energy around money, uh, yesterday's chapter, Ken was really talking about that you, you are responsible for the charge of energy you infuse your money with, right? And then he spoke about, then how do you get a piece of that happy money, high energy, fast flowing, large mass. We spoke about flow, which means speed, flow, right? The speed of which money comes to you. But we also spoke about flow as in income, right, and, 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 and mass being money. So there were a lot of amazing things covered yesterday. We spoke about the charge of money needs to be positive, positively applied with money coming in and money going out. It was very clear about that, that the level associated with money, right, when, when you include that positivity into it, your personality, arigato, which is Japanese for thank you, your, your, your state of continuous harmoniousness right with that the all thinking substance from book number one he explained that that is actually a universal law and i always say that when these authors talk about universal laws it's a big deal in fact there's a book called uh the the humanetics humanetics a very short book very complicated short book but it's got all the universal laws Right. If something that people want to do yeah, in the podcast, you'll have to let me know. Right. So today we're going to finish the book. Chapter five. We are filming episode 30. Shake my hand. Episode 30. And the ch- chapter five, excuse me, is the future of money. The future of money. And then tomorrow we'll back at it again with a whole new book, which is absolutely amazing. But there we go. Chapter five. The future of money, looking at happy money. Right, the future of money. In this chapter, I want to explore the future of money. Not just the future of your money, but the future of money's role in our world. As our world changes, so will our lives. The changes on the horizon are so amazing. They will no doubt defy the limits of our imaginations, but at the same time, they have the potential to cause a lot of emotional chaos. We also have to be realistic. The future holds some real changes. In 30 uh, years, there will likely be 10 billion people on Earth, and the demand for food, uh, the the demand for food is projected to increase by 70%. The ocean is filling up with plastic trash. Climate change is affecting sea levels and agriculture. We have a large energy demand to meet, while class uh, strife and political tensions are abound. Although we have our challenges, would you consider for a moment the world that we have inherited and the improvements we've made over the past two centuries? Many people live to be 80 years or older. Infections that used to be life-threatening have largely been eradicated or contained. Probably wrote this before COVID. Um, 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 uh, but anyways, yeah. In most parts of the world, the developed world, water isn't contaminated with cholera and parasites. The majority of countries live peacefully. We are currently in the midst of a war. We are not currently in the midst of a war. And while war does exist and the potential for war is real in certain parts of the world, most countries rely on diplomacy to work out their differences. Advances in engineering and architecture have offered us our homes, 
and businesses that are all climate controlled, many of us in the developed world really have to suffer from harsh elements. We are also using power more wisely and relying less and less on fossil fuels. And with all the advances in technology, we have more time than ever to spend entertaining ourselves and interacting with people outside our physical locations. Information that could have been taken a considerable amount of time and energy together in the past now is literally at our fingertips in only seconds. We also have seemingly endless ways to pursue beauty, truth, meaning and happiness. Perhaps we live in a moment of too many revolutions. Perhaps there are just too many breakthroughs and game-changing discoveries for us to process them all at once. Perhaps all of this change we are facing, uh, we are facing a different, uh, a different though no less profound crisis, an existential one. We know so much about our world and how it works, perhaps more so than any other time in human history. But still, there are gaps in our understanding and because of these gaps, we can feel like we are just an, an accident of physics or that our individual lives inhabit an insignificant timescale or that we simply don't matter. Life, when defined as nothing more than an accident, can leave us feeling unmoved without purpose and devoid of hope. It and its worst and its worst life can be reduced to nothing more than age and loss, suffering and death, punctuated by only brief momentary pleasures. And within the confines of this definition, we can feel confusion and envy. Why do some have so much and others so little? Why do so many suffer endlessly and others seem to enjoy wealth, opportunity, fun and joy? Despite all the advancements and improvements in our world, it is easy to stagnate, to feel despair, and to become overwhelmed by anxiety. So how can anyone transform their despair and anxiety? How can we transform the tendency to say, what's the point? How can we transform the voice in us that says, you already made a mistake, don't bother trying again, just give up? Yes. This is the harmful scarcity-based mindset that I've warned you about. The problem with it is that it encourages us to betray what we could become in the future or, the, or, or, or for the place where we are stuck at now. But we can transform our state of being when, when, we, when we decide to aim for something and commit ourselves to it. We can transform our lives when we decide to focus on gratitude and begin to act out of sincere trust in life and in the future. I mean, this is like a big theme in this book, trust in the future, trust in life, which means trusting yourself, trusting your money IQ, your money EQ, and doing that all grounded in gratitude. Right, so it doesn't matter if you were born in a tough situation or if you put yourself there, especially through debt. You are part of an unfolding story. The good news is this, you are the author of your story and you get to determine the point of view. Your story can be a pursuit of happiness and a journey of adventure if you choose. A revolution of consciousness. 30 years ago, who would have imagined what the internet would become? There hasn't been information revolutionary like this since the printing press. People are starting to believe that the lecture halls of universities will soon be obsolete because lectures and audiobooks from the world's best professors and scientists can be shared with everyone. Artificial intelligence is starting to have a big impact in the world. So take a minute to understand it better if you don't already. 
AI, artificial intelligence, sometimes called machine intelligence, is basically a set of calculations that observes the world and learns how to maximize its success in achieving its goals. For example, if artificial intelligence is programmed into a, 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 a uh, uh, sorry, uh, for example, if artificial intelligence is programmed into a, a bipedal robot trying to walk across a balance beam, the AI uses data gathered from previous failures as well as details about its surrounding environment to make self-correcting adjustments so that it can successfully cross the beam. The machine has the capacity to learn and adapt. All kinds of things can be dramatically improved because of this. Artificial intelligence can do things like tell farmers which types of plants are best to plant. It is learning to identify early symptoms of disease. It is creating new ways of companies to cut waste and improve supply chains. There is much to be said about AI, and I'm not an expert in the field, but it is important to have an understanding of what is possible because we don't want a future we don't want our future actions to be based on fear of the unknown. The institute for the future, IFTF, estimates that 85% of the jobs that will exist in 2030 don't even exist yet. However, AI is not going to make every job obsolete. In fact, it will create the need for a variety of new jobs. In addition to AI, there are all kinds of new industries that are exploring renewable energy and non-toxic materials. There are new strategies for removing plastic from the ocean on a massive scale. We are on the verge of being able to harvest and store enough solar and wind power for our homes and our cars. Even fusion energy is promising a future of abundant clean energy. This is important to keep in mind because so many of us have an apple. You know, an apocalyptic vision of the future, and that fear will certainly affect your mindset negatively. In this chapter, I want you to stretch your own imagination regarding what is possible and what may may be possible. How can we change ourselves and our mindset and our goals so that we can realize a future of maximum prosperity and happiness? AI is here and it is already changing the way we live. And I believe it has the power to change our consciousness too. What we start to push, when we start to push the boundaries of what is possible in the physical realm, we can push the boundaries in the energetic realm as well. And we will ultimately push the boundaries of the way we think about the energetic quality of money and the role it will play in our lives. Future money. Our lives are the results of all the mistakes and achievements of human history. Ever since our species realized that we could turn a tree branch into a tool, our species has been craving the metaphorical tree branch into a spear. Carving, sorry, the metaphorical tree branch into a spear. And to, today, we are very, very fine-pointed spear. We have a very, very fine-pointed spear. How, but how do we use it for the ultimate good well you first have to aim at something what you aim at determines how the world unfolds before you there is a lot of liberation in the truth i, I think about it if you decided to turn your gaze towards something your reality becomes what you're looking at therefore aim at the best thing that you can think of it isn't only a matter of natural abilities or what tools we hold because they are all important variable the all important variable is what we decide to aim at right and, and you'll hear napoleon hill when we start to look at his work he talks about a chief aim a chief aim a chief aim a definite purpose 
right we've already covered that a little bit in science of getting rich you must have something that you're absolutely aiming for right i think that a happy future for money will be one where the number of privileges in society that do not cost money are very affordable with greatly increased things that we deem essential for our well-being will become abundantly accessible and inexpensive if not free Right, so if, if, if you ask me what my political views are, I believe in free education. He talks about it here. So one of those will be something that's, that needs to be abundantly accessible and inexpensive, if not free, education, communication, energy quality, quality of food, and all kinds of opportunities won't be primarily based on the accumulation of money. And I think that is that would be a very good society to live in. Now, this is already demonstrated in the sharing economy. People are learning how to put things to greater use and how to share the gains. Money has not always been inextractably tied to our survival, and I don't think it always will be. There is no doubt that money is useful and will and we will always need a way of exchanging energy amongst ourselves. But money will gradually cease to feel like an energy that controls our destinies. I think that money can become something more like salt. There's a fantastic book called Turning Oil into Salt, Energy Independence Through Fuel Choice by Gal and Annie Cron, which is about creating alternative energy sources. The book draws on the history of salt because for a long time salt was the only way to preserve food so that you could survive through the winter. This meant that salt was an all-important resource. Societies knew exactly where their salt came from, how much they had in reserve, and its value in relation to other things. It was, in other words, their currency. But when canning, when canning, refrigeration, and other food preservation methods came about, salt suddenly became much more or less crucial. Salt is obviously still something that is needed and used today, but our survival through winter does not hinge on salt. And now salt is abundant, and inexpensive. Oil is now like what salt used to be. Oil has a lot of value right now because we have another option of powering our cars, planes and ships. The control of oil is a cause of friction between nations uh, 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 just like uh, money is a cause of friction between people. But slowly we are finding alternatives to the gasoline fueled uh, engine and eventually oil will go away you know, like salt, okay? That's, that's, that's his opinion, I don't know. Well, 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 yeah, I mean, he's right, but it's gonna take a long time, a very long time. We'll still use it for some things, but it will be abandoned and inexpensive. I think money will eventually go the way that oil is destined to go. The point is not that we'll live in a world free of money. We will live in a world free of fear of lack of money. That is the key difference. We'll finally be getting to a point to in, in our collective consciousness when we are no longer linking money with freedom. We no longer need money to feel happy and safe and free. We know this because we know that happiness, security, and personal autonomy is an inside job. Happiness, security, personal autonomy is an inside job. And all that it requires is that we are present, that we be engaged in the moment, and that we use our time and talents to do what we love. Two very different outlooks toward money in the future. When you're in your consciousness and development, and development will affect your outlook on the future of money, it may be very pessimistic outlook or a very bright one. 
This is how I see the two. The optimistic, abundant mindset sees all the jobs of the future. Research, engineering, art, design, entertainment, food and nutrition, healthcare, space technology, waste management, renewable energy, energies, and all the things that have to do with AI. Not only will all these jobs continue to be needed, but their fields will expand with new leaps in technology. And even as more jobs are replaced with autonomous machines, many things will still require a human touch and people will continue to value human design and craftsmanship. Education will become more and more accessible in the sense that anyone can get resources for higher level education on the internet. It is just a matter of organizing new systems. And while it's true that drivers, factory workers, field laborers, accountants, and other forms of middle management in white-collar industries will be reduced to algorithms, sensors, and robots, in its optimistic version of the future, our response to these changes will be one of excitement, gratitude, love, and a sense of adventure. The pessimistic or scarcity mindset, on the other hand, sees a future of class struggle in which the wealthy feel the need to hoard their money and invest only in things that serve their narrow interests. While the middle and working class feel resentment, uh, uh, and of course this will and this ill will becomes a barrier, right, to their own creativity, productivity, upward mobility, and happiness. This mindset says we are doomed. It blames AI and technology. I don't know if you guys heard the debate around the fourth industrial revolution. Right, so stuff like this. And I don't know if you guys have seen Elon Musk's latest video, him criticizing MetaMask. You know, so he wants to create something even more deeper. Uh, so MetaMask with the goggles, the VR stuff, he probably is talking about the brain chip um, uh, uh, um, stimulation scenario, right? But yeah, the mindset says we are doomed. It blames AI and technology for all the world's problems. It is totally fear-based and argues that AI is going to make a huge percentage of the jobs we take for granted today obsolete. This mindset believes that AI-centric world will result in a cold and unfriendly society where corporate interests, desires to make a buck outweigh the individual basic rights and needs. You don't have to imagine this type of future mindset. So many people today already believe the smith of division and unfairness. So many already feel slighted and forgotten. Fear dominates our news headlines and most of the political rhetoric around the globe only deepening the divide between rich and poor. The rich constantly feel like their money is taken away to help others and the poor feel like they are taken advantage of by the rich. No one is happy and everyone is afraid. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can choose your future. I think that will likely end up somewhere in the middle, somewhere between optimistic and pessimistic outlooks of the future. There's constant tension between the two mindsets, and that is why we have a mixed outcome in the world that we see today. But we are, but just as we looked at the total of the positive and negative outcomes in civilization, we can clearly see that our well-being has been improving on the whole and even exponentially uh, as time goes on. All the things that have happened have been a result of decisions made by people just like you. We really do have the power to choose 
how we will enter the future. In terms of your personal money, you have the power to choose how you relate to it. You can have a lot or little. You can have a happy flow or an unhappy flow. You can make the people around you happy with your money or use money to make people feel slightly miserable. You can choose to take a risk to set your aim towards your favorite things or you can choose to try to avoid risk to stay safe too clingy to what you have and what you know but whichever outlook you choose you will find uh, it reflected back to you therefore it is up to you and your choices will affect not only your future but the future of your family and that of the people around you as well if you are happy with money and life you can expand the conditions of happiness to those around you in order for you to expand you have to begin with the limits of your own being that is to have a good relationship with your money and to create the flow of money in the areas that you are responsible for if you can do the ripple effect of happy money if you can do the ripple effect of happy money many people it will touch many people around you. Once people see how fun it is to live in the flow of happy money, they will try to create their best version of happy money too. All right, so, so he's basically saying, doesn't matter, doom and gloom or positive future. When it comes to personal finance, right, you are literally completely in charge. So I'm trying to get a new highlighter. Absolutely in charge with your flow so be careful what outlook you adapt because the outlook you adapt has the tendency to impact the flow of money all right so now you can start the wave that ripples into everyone's life right now it is so easy to start how do you start just say thank you when money comes in just say thank you when money comes in and say thank you again when money goes out you will feel different in everyday life once you start this flow for yourself when others do the same with you you will feel connected with them guys it's the last chapter of the book if you're not, if you're, if you're new to zenful approach to life in general, if you don't meditate, if you don't, if all this stuff sounds hairy, flary, weird, once again, you just, all you have to do, and trust me, this works, all you have to do is to take your cell phone or go on your computer right now and check your account balance. That's all you have to do. Check your emails, find out how much in debt you are, how many people you owe money. And then realize, really come to that state in your life where you're honest with yourself and you say, I got myself in this mess. I am producing this amount of money and it's because of how much I've known. And then you make a logical decision. A logical decision is quite simple. You don't have to jump off a plane without a parachute to know that it's dangerous and you're going to die. You understand the law of gravity. My son is seven. He understands the law of gravity. My 20-month-year-old little girl, literally below the years of two years, now knows, fall down. She understands the law of gravity. So both those little kids have arrived at a logical conclusion about the world when it comes to falling down. You have to speedily, as quickly as possible, come to the logical conclusion that you're at your financial well-being, your financial status good bad okay whatever however you want to categorize it is the sum total of the decisions in your life and what you know and then the next logical thing to do is to say i'm gonna try something new i'm just because we already you already know 
how far you can take yourself just by your own thoughts, right? It's in your bank account. If I open my bank account, I can see exactly where my thinking is now. I can see how far or how far good or how far bad I need to be or etc, etc. Et and then logically, if you're one of those people like me who's constantly trying to improve my bank balance, improve quality of life, improve adventure improve what i want to leave for my children's children's children right that's my target like i i'm 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 working for my i'm done working for my kids now i'm literally working for my grandkids ish and my great grandkids that's my personal target and the only way to do that is to realize that everything that i know has gotten me here the more i know and do what i am learning the better so practically literally when money comes in I say thank you. When money goes out, I say thank you. Before I go to sleep, in my one of the top 10 things I write about in my gratitude journal, which is always very close by, literally, is if I spent money that day, I write it down. I'm so happy that today I paid my staff X, X amount of US dollars because it was their salary. I am grateful for that. They are good people. They get me in line. They, they, they organize my stuff. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that my partner swiped and bought herself blah, blah, blah. She's happy. I am grateful for that. When money comes in, I am grateful. Literally, it sounds weird. I know. I know. You've never done it before. I understand. It sounds bizarre but you have to practice a constant state of zenfulness it keeps you in the present moment when you're stuck in that present moment you start to reinforce stuff in book one the thinking there is a specific type of thinking look how close this quotation is i'll read it to you again in case you don't remember what we did in the first book of the podcast, there is a thinking stuff from which all things are made and which in its original state permeates, penetrates and fills the interspaces of the universe. A thought, a specific thought in this substance produces the thing that is imagined. Now pause, you cannot be in that particular moment with that particular thought if you're not constantly present. You can't practice being present if you're not in harmonious relationship with the thinking substance that permeates, penetrates the interspaces of the universe. The only way to be in harmonious relationship with the thinking universe is arigato, is being grateful. Ladies and gentlemen, for me, this is the easiest way to make money in the world. If all these books say for you to make money, you have to be the smartest in the world, have the best degree, come from the best family, have the best inheritance plan, only know finance and go work hard, most of us wouldn't cut it. What these books are saying, and you really should try it, is what if you just fixed you? What if everything in your power, I keep shaking this table, everything in your power was you and you worked on you, you worked on your thinking, you had practical things to do, you had a chief aim, a goal, a target, you had steps and a plan, you started to obsess over that goal, so you create affirmations around it and you do that all the time. If you spend three hours a day watching TV, the first three months of your life, one hour, just take one hour meditating on your goals. Night, uh, uh, Earl Nightingale used to say, if you spend one hour every day in the morning, one hour, if you're like a, an entrepreneur or a business person, one hour and you open a notepad, you just open a notepad and you write down, what could you do to improve your business every single day? Every single day, just for one hour, you dedicated one hour to your business. What could you improve? The type of ideas you would come up with are outstanding. 
most of them would be rubbish. But every single day, you could get one good idea that you could chase. And, and next week, another good idea that I could chase. I constantly am thinking about better ways to communicate finance to people. So the 365 Money Heist podcast was one of those ideas. What if I just, I've been begging people to read books, been begging, what if I just read them to you? Boom, I'm executing that idea. As I finish the quotation, man can form things in his thoughts by impressing his thought upon the formless substance and can use the thing he thinks about to be created. All right, so this is absolutely crucial. It, it sounds silly, is my bigger point, right, if you're new to this kind of stuff, but it is actually more silly to ignore it and still want to have a better financial output. It is actually more silly to ignore it. As I continue reading, now what is important to you? When I ask this question, most of us will firmly say family and friends, and those are good answers. But let me ask you the question again, a little different this time. What would someone watching you say is important to you based on the way you act in your daily life? We all talk about some lofty values, but our real values show themselves in the way we act every day. Where and how you spend your time and energy is what is important to you. So now I ask you again, what is important to you? Maybe it's time to reconsider what is really important to you. This is a great first step for joining the flow of happy money. People who are clear about their values, who know what they are thankful for, and that in turn serves as a guiding force through all their life, through what life can throw at you. So I'll read that again. People who know, who are clear about their values, know what they, they are thankful for, and that in turn serves as a guiding force through all of what life can throw at you. You might have heard advice like always work hard with a smile, even if it's for a low wage, and you don't have to love it because you never know who is watching. People get recognized for their talent and passion all the time. Yet I think this sort of message that a lot of people become tired of hearing because so many people never get that lucky chance even though they feel like they are working so hard. And they will let, and I'll let you in on a little secret. It isn't chance that gets you closer to the things you want. Rather, it's intentional gratitude. It is not chance that gets you close to what you want. Rather, it is intentional gratitude. The people who express gratitude often and consistently for what they have are the people who end up taking the responsibility for their happiness. They have a heart that is always saying thank you. And so when it comes to time to act, they are responsible. Or as like I, I say, they think of it as responsible. So it's like it's response-able, right? Responsible. They, they have the ability to respond. They can give, they, they can navigate through the negative times of suffering and they can also really enjoy the good times. They are able to be honest with themselves and others because they aren't hiding anything. They do their jobs with sincerity because they are actually sincere. A person like that is destined to create opportunities in their life. It is just a matter of time and the way it happens is not 
up to chance. It is not up to someone else. It is simply one's own responsibility to be grateful for what they have. It is simply one's own responsibility to be grateful for what they have and be able to seize the opportunities as they arise. When you are, when you are mired in self uh, pity or you believe you have no responsibility for your own success, that it is up to chance or someone discovering you, then you are destined to be unhappy. Without gratitude, happiness is all but impossible. The emotional state of, your, of the future depends on the willingness to inherit the abundance available to us and the willingness to take responsibility for the challenges. If we do this, our world will become charged with positive energy, so will our money. Happy money will change your family. It is one thing to be at peace with yourself about money, which in itself isn't always such an easy thing to do. But as we have been discussing expressing gratitude and being in, in the present moment create the conditions of happy money, still, life isn't lived solo. You have a family or a partner and they have emotions toward money too. They are playing their own money game, as most of us know. Our different ideas about money can do, can do collide, usually without distressing consequences. What I've learned over the years of counseling families about money is that honesty is the absolute priority for creating a happy money within the home. Right. Parents usually hide their financial situation from kids and just tell them something like, when you're older, you'll understand how, life, how hard life is. Right? The problem with that is that it prolongs the immaturity of their children. If you treat children as if they're naive, they'll continue to be naive children and will always be asking why they can't do this or have that. Everything will be unfair to them. But if you treat your children like adults, they'll respond to that. If you tell them more about money, what it takes for you to make it, what kind of bills you have, how you are planning to spend and save, they will gradually start to relate to you. They will start to act like adults who are responsible for their family situation. The families I have seen that are the happiest are very transparent about money and other things too with their children. The same goes for the relationship between couples. Even though members of a couple are both adults, sometimes one partner would treat the other like a child who doesn't need to know or doesn't have the capacity to understand their financial situation. Or maybe they aren't transparent because they fear having a fight. Maybe they are trying to cover their mistakes. That is why honesty is just so incredibly important. The flow of happy money can cross generations. We are used to the myths of scarcity and the winner-takes-all mentality that when we experience a true act of generosity, it can really stick with us. It is so special that it has the power to change a life. Even the word arigato in Japanese literally means difficult to be. And so when we say arigato to someone, we are complimenting them for making such a difficult and special gesture. Once I heard a story of a man whose grandfather was, very, was a very successful businessman. He was generous and people whom he touched respected and loved him. But as often the case, his grandson was spoiled and didn't have a sense of business and when and and he went bankrupt and lost the money and the state 
that his grandfather had built. The grandson and his family were forced to move into a small apartment. One day, he was visited by a stranger who looked very odd. The stranger explained to the grandson that when, we, when he was a boy, he had been an orphan, but also the generosity of a man's grandfather, he was given a job. He was recalled being given a, a, sukiyaki, a sukiyaki, a traditional Japanese dinner served in a hot pot at the grandfather's home. It always made the stranger smile to think of a warm, delicious meal, not to mention the friendship and the generosity shown to him by the man's grandfather. Your grandfather was always kind to me. He taught me everything about business and life. Consequently, I owe all the success I have enjoyed in life due to your grandfather. The grandson was taken aback. So what business do you have with me, he asked. The stranger explained, I heard about your financial situation. I searched for you and I did like to give you this gesture of my appreciation for all the kindness your grandfather showed me. The stranger proceeded to hand him a big package which included a, suki, a sukiyaki set for his family. Later, after they pulled the large pot out of the box to make dinner, his children found an envelope at the bottom of the box. In the envelope was a check large enough to cover the cost of the house. Attached to the check was a brief memo. Please use this money to restore life to your family. I should... That's a nice thing to do for someone, you know? I'd, 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 if I was to do that to someone, give a gift like that, I'd love to write it exactly like that. Please use this money to restore life to your family. The once ungrateful spoiled grandson was so moved and influenced by this gesture that we can now call happy money that he too was transformed. He spent the stranger's money wisely and became very successful. Even 50 years after the energy of happy money had the power to change their lives in a positive way. Find abundance in yourself and security in people, not money. That's the next subheading. We tend to think if we had a lot of money, our lives will be secure. This is why everyone rich and poor alike wants money. Everyone wants to be safe, to know that everything is taken care of. And this is exactly why we always have so much fear when it comes to money. But money doesn't always bring security. So what does? Relationships. There is nothing more secure than deep, profound bond of lasting relationships. If everyone could rely on everyone else to have their back during difficult times, then there would be no need for fear to be related to money. If you are seriously seeking security, then go to your friends and family. And yes, that also means that instead of worrying endlessly about savings and investments, you invest your time in relationships. You will not only feel better, but you can rest assured that you'll have support when the time comes. Stop attaching your sense of security to money, and soon you will discover freedom that comes with not worrying about money incessantly. Right. Playing, out of the way up, playing your way out of the money game. We're all stuck with money at some level, but we can start to free ourselves if we view how we interact with money as a game. The game is very different for the wealthy and financially challenged, but whichever game you find yourself playing, there is, there is one thing they have in common. A game is something played against others. How do we know if we're playing the game well? Well, we look at the competition. We check to see how others are doing compared to ourselves. We frame the situation as though we are scoring points and others are scoring on us. And we use this arbitrary system to judge how well we are doing. 
Do we ever feel like we're winning this game? Maybe at times we do, but just when you think you're winning, you see, you see someone else's life and suddenly you think, I've got to have a life like them. We send a message to our brains that says, I am not enough. That's why no matter how much we earn and save, we still feel like losing the game. Most of us feel miserable even if we're doing well. The psychological effect of this game makes every player feel like a loser. Super wealthy people feel bad because the bigger summer house and the private jet are no replacement for solid relationships and true meaning in life. The middle class feels bad because they are wearing themselves out trying to prove their worthiness to others. Low income people become de dejected and give up on the idea that they can achieve their dreams. How do we get out of this vicious cycle? I guess you forget about the opponents and start playing the game with yourself. Instead of comparing yourself with others, compare who you are today with who you were yesterday. After all, the only one really judging you is you. It may feel as though other people are judging you, and maybe they are, but I found that this is not the case, and often as we think, you might be surprised at how many people are actually jealous of something about you. I have many opportunities to meet very wealthy people, and one question I always like to ask them, when did you feel you were wealthy? I expected they would respond when I earned my first million dollars or five million or ten million dollars or maybe a hundred million. But their answer is always the same. I don't think I'm wealthy. They may follow with something like, my friend has a private jet, but I can't afford one. Even if the wealthy person owns a major company, more houses and family members to live in them and more money they would need to survive several lifetimes, they still don't feel wealthy. Since you can't control who is more than you do, it makes sense to find another way to determine when you finally have enough for or when you can call yourself wealthy. And the best way to do that is to play the money game with yourself. The money game, as it's currently set up, is designed to make you compare yourself with others and therefore want more and more even though you don't need it. Since this is a global phenomenon, it is hard to escape. If you try to get out of that game, then there is pressure to come back into to live like everybody else does. Once you leave the game, you feel very different. You may work at the same place and make the same amount of money, but you will be happier because you no longer need to live up to other people's expectations. You willfully decide on the set of rules of engagement of the game. It is no longer about acquiring more property or having more stuff or doing more than your opponents. Instead, you choose what makes you feel like a winner, a job you love, can, it can be a job you already have or switching careers to better match your abilities and talents. Or perhaps money isn't your only yardstick of winning. Perhaps instead it is more time to spend with friends and family and or more flexibility to pursue hobbies and interests to do whatever it is that brings you happiness and joy. You can even see this time as an opportunity to discover the talents and gifts hidden within you. Ask yourself, what excites me? How do, what do I really do well? I know if you do something you're excited about and you do it well, you will eventually attract all the money your clients will ever need. But that is not going to be, that is not to say it's going to be easy or that you don't need to learn the basics about money. Earning enough, saving just enough and spending enough too. 
if you do this i can assure you i have seen in the future countless of times that you'll be financially free in three to in in a three to seven year time frame anyone can do it if he or she is committed to doing it once again ask yourself what excites me what do i do really well i know that if you do something you're excited about and you do it well you'll eventually attract all the money and all the clients you ever needed by helping people they gain a deep sense of connection and happiness this is a triple effect of happiness you don't have to become a millionaire to start the flow of happy money Imagine the kind of world we could create if the majority of people decided right, to be free themselves from the money game and think of the possibilities. Here's what I think could happen if we all start tapping into and contributing to the flow of happy money. Wealthy people will share big portions of what they have with less fortunate people. Middle class people will take more risk and start doing what they love. People with financial difficulties will feel more secure and find more hope for the future and benefit from the support of the wealthier classes. As a result, there will be less fighting in families, less crime, and dare I say, more peace in society too. If we free ourselves from, from fear-based and negative thought cycles and instead become more present and do more of what makes us feel happy, we will undoubtedly create an atmosphere in which we can all support and encourage one another. You can start over every day. When you are totally connected to the present and living by your own rules, you can start over any time you want. You don't have to let the troubles or failures of the past paralyze you in the present. You create your own terms. If, if not, you will be constantly controlled by conventional wisdom. Those money means that tell you that you aren't enough. You don't have to make, save, and spend money like other people do. You don't have to feel embarrassed about getting new things or buying the latest model of everything. You can wear the same t-shirt or fleece every day and feel perfectly fine. You don't have, you don't need material things to judge how good you are. You, you know that you're good. You decided how much you actually needed to make and save. You don't spend your energy on things you don't, that don't contribute to your own idea of success. If you can find happiness in your own unique lifestyle, that is the sign that you are moving out of the money game. You are, you are, you, you, there are no right answers. You can find your state of happiness in simplicity and minimalism. Or if making a lot of money and creating a big flaw is your preference, go for it. Only you can say what is right for you. So create your rules and stick with them. Don't let other people decide for you what to wear, where to live, how much you need to have in the bank to retire, where, where, to, where to vacation, where to work, what to do. By reclaiming the choices in your life, you reclaim your freedom regardless of your bank statement. And that is truly where the happy money is. Most of us, uh, do it with the idea of happy money in mind and become a shining example of what it means to be both happy and wealthy. Define your happiness. A few years ago, I had the privilege of going to Botswana to do research for my book about happiness. The country of 
Bhutan or Bhutan is called one of the happiest nations in the world. Before I went there, I imagine everybody went around smiling and saying hello with an open heart to strangers. But when I was there, I saw that you are lucky if anyone smiles at you. Many of the people are shy, so they hide when they spot a foreigner. They have a very modest and simple lifestyle. I realized that they have they don't have an attitude like, look at me, I am super happy. It's more of a quiet happiness. They are content with their everyday life and simply satisfied with what they have. I asked them what they worried about and I was surprised when many of them said they had no worries at the moment. They have free healthcare system and it sometimes happens they believe their friends or the, or, or the king will help them. If I asked the same question in an industrialized country, I would probably have to spare a good half hour to listen to their complaints about their work, partners, kids, and government. In Bontana, however, almost every person I interviewed was satisfied with their life. They weren't caught up in the game of comparing or judging one another, right? One of them said, I have a great family, I have a job and a house. Is there anything else I need? I was shocked. He was right. What else does he really need to feel happy? But we live in a total different world from Pontana. They have a simple minimum life, and that is what works for them. That is exactly what we can learn from them. Not that we have to revert to some primitive sort of living, but whether or not we are actually aware of what works for us. Happiness is something that we can define for ourselves because we get caught up in the money game of comparison. Then we feel pushed to think that happiness means more. That's what got us to the work hard, work more, and you will achieve your dreams myth. All We also readily bought into this over a past century. But really, what have we gotten? More stuff, more stress. After I returned from uh, Bhutan, I took an inventory of my life. We have so much more than they have, I thought. But are we happier? And the reality was no. The people of Pontan were doing a better job of being happy. We don't have to live like those in Pontan to be happy, but like the Pontanese, we have to decide for ourselves what is enough for our happiness. Do what matters the most and let money support you. As I approach the end of this book, I want to say this to you. You have the freedom to choose your life. You can do whatever you want. Don't let money stop you. We are afraid of so many things. We think it's about money. People and money work people, but it's really about us and fear of future. We, sh we should not be fooled by anxiety and fear. Whatever we fear usually doesn't become a reality, and yet we waste so much of our energy worrying. It is such a waste of our time, potential talents, uh, talents and potential. Take a risk when you feel like you're being called to do so. It is usually the right direction, and it lifts you to your next level. Just quickly need to highlight a couple of things. Oh, man, it's the end of the book, guys. Literally just two pages away. Uh, um, and it's, this is my third time going through this book. I, I've really, really, really thoroughly enjoyed um, Ken Honda uh, as usual, right? So there we go. How do you know what risk to take? It will be a choice to do what matters most to you. Don't let your fear stop you. We are born with great gifts. These gifts you have are ready to come out. Unfortunately, most of us don't discover our gifts. The true tragedy of our lives is that we don't even know what gifts we possess. 
I don't know what I would what I could write until I started at the age of 34. I was one of those folks who was surprised by what they could do. And I'm sure you have some gifts inside of you waiting to surprise you. So many gifts go unnoticed and forgotten because of fear. Fear of trying, fear of failure, fear of not measuring up to someone else's idea of who or what we should be, and fear of not giving more money to survive, having enough money to survive. Unless you believe in yourself and your gifts, no one else will. Your parents, your friends, your partner may wish you happiness, but they can't bring out your great gifts in the way you can, because gifts show us their shape and power only when you use them. After I became a successful author, I attended a high school reunion at my former old boy uh, school. At the reunion, most of my friends and teachers were surprised to learn that I became an author. They had all thought I would end up being an accountant like my father. Writing was the last career they thought I would pursue, but I'm actually the one who is the most surprised. Most of us are shocked to find what our true gifts are buried deep within. I found that your gifts show up when you are ready to take responsibility for your own life. For some reason, they announce themselves to us when we realize that we have only ourselves to, to count for on our happiness. That realization switches on all your senses and makes you feel alive. But it is not enough to, to just discover the gift. You have to put that gift to action. You have to get serious about improving your gifts. If you want your gifts to create value for others and make money, then you have to put the time to excel and ultimately sell your services, right? Very important. Don't get stuck on the gift part. Polish the gift, sell the gift in, in line with providing happiness for others. 18 years ago, I had a dream about my daughter that woke me up to, uh, to the importance of using my gifts. In my dream, my young daughter appeared to me asking me why, why I wasn't doing anything to change the world. I made excuses like, look, I am a nobody, I'm not a politician or a professor, I don't know about all these complicated world issues, I can't change the world. And in the dream, I saw her eyes narrow in disappointment. That was the last thing I saw before I woke up. It was such a bitter dream that it shook me to my core. I felt so small and ashamed. I didn't want to let my daughter down, and so I didn't. I thought about my life and my unique experiences that had shaped uh, my skills, abilities. I didn't have to wait for the inspiration to go looking all around for it. My gifts shouted to me, here I am. A few years later, I started to write books on happiness and money in the hope that our world will become a better place. And at that time, I had no idea how I was going to go on or impact or the impact my work would have ultimately. But to my amazement, the audience of my work has continued to grow and I know my messages are in, face, in fact impacting millions of people, people's lives and now I am passing the button. You are next in line to start something that will make a difference in this world. Something that excites you, uh, something that excites you so much that you can't help but do it again. Something that fills your life with meaning, something that com contributes to the people around you. Five steps to happy money. I'm going to wrap this book up by giving you a quick summary, a quick list of steps you can take starting today that will get you into the flow of happy money. Number one, shift 
out of the scarcity mindset. Number one, shift out of the scarcity mindset. Mindset, shift out of the scarcity mindset, the thinking stuff. Change how you think, shift out of that. Each person that has the ability to choose what kind of mindset, money mindset they want to live with. That is why the first step to happy money is to get yourself into an abundant mindset. Until you have been taught to believe that, until now, you've been taught to believe that money is scarce and that we have to get it before someone else does. We have to become a culture that is obsessed with money. We are so focused on the amount of money that we don't, we do or don't have that it cuts off our potential for a great life. Why? Because we are automatically assumed that we won't be able to make a living if we take a risk and go for what we really want. The concept that there is not enough money in the world makes us feel small and less generous. Don't let, don't let your mindset limit your life's potential. If you have an abundant mindset, you start seeing new possibilities, you become more creative, you become more capable of responding to difficulties in life. You free yourself to create your own destiny. Number two, forgive and heal your money wounds. Forgive and heal your money wounds. Forgive the fact that you didn't know better. Forgive the fact that you fell into debt. Forgive the fact that as a family member, whether you're responsible over your family or part of a family, you once got evicted. Forgive the fact that at certain points in your children's life, you couldn't give them everything that you wanted them to have. Forgive and heal your money wounds. That's my message to you. But let's read what he says. We know that our attitudes about money are mostly inherited. We've, we've proven that. Yeah, that's true. And the people whom we inherit those ideas from, uh, from also inherited theirs. But you won't get to happy money if you let this become the cause of resentment, right? The people who went before you were young, inexperienced, and prone to all sorts of mistakes. You know this because you've been there too. Imagine the situation that your parents were in. They acted out of fear because they didn't know any other way. They did what they had to do. If we can sympathize with their situation and their humanity, you can begin to understand why they made the mistakes they did. You can then forgive them, and then when you do, your heart will feel lighter. You can break the cycle of unhappy money by forgiving others and just importantly by forgiving yourself for the mistakes you have made with money. You can set the tone for a new era of happy money when you forgive and begin the process of healing. When we make peace with the past, those wounds cease to be an obstacle to our present happiness. Money stops feeling like a mysterious, uncontrollable force. That is what gives us freedom to find happy money flow that works for us. Number three, discover your gifts and get into the flow of happy money. Everyone is born with certain gifts. Some people find them when they are young. Others need time to search. Uncovering your talents and finding what brings you joy is one of the most important things in life. If you are no longer burdened by the past, you will be surprised how quickly your talents will be revealed to you. When you make an inventory of your life, 
all the dots begin to connect. Getting into a state of flow will become second nature. Difficult and struggles will transform into fun and adventure right before your eyes. When you start sharing your gifts with the world, you kickstart the flow of happy money. Knowing who you are and where you feel most alive is what creates groundwork for trust because you have nothing to hide. The more you develop your gifts, the more you share your gifts, the more happy money will attract. People are successful in all kinds of fields and credit their success to the love of what they do. It's kind of like exactly how I feel about the financial markets, trading and coaching people on how to trade properly. Number four, trust life. Trust is a major part of a happy state of being. Once you can trust in yourself and in those around you, life gets much easier. Those everyday anxieties about the future fade away. When everyone is looking out at each other with hearts and minds of abundance, we all become free to share and receive all the great things that money can do. There is no fear of what might happen in the future because we know that we can count on people that can count on us. Trust and fear cannot coexist. It is one or the other. Trust makes us more active, creative, and free, whereas fear stifles our actions and counters our intentions and creates resentment. When we trust, we are free of expectations, free from expectations. Risk no longer feels like risk. Almost all the things that we are worried would turn out terribly, actually turn out to be some of the most positive things in our lives. The bad things that have happened to us end up working in our favor. We know that everything that happens positive or negative will end up working out to support our lives in its own unique way. This is what frees us from paralyzing anxiety or judging things in our lives as good and bad. That is why trusting people are more passionate and successful. When we trust, we were able to become our authentic selves. Number five, saying arigato all the time. A world of happy money looks like a world in which everyone is continually expressing a deep appreciation for energy that flows through their lives. And unwillingness to give and receive rather than to keep a tight clutch on what we have on what we have is what ha what creates the conditions of happy money. The positive energy of gratitude works for us and invites more money into our lives. The positive energy of gratitude works for us and invites more money in our lives. There are two kinds of people, those who outwardly appreciate those who always find something to blame or complain about. Which do you think is a more magnetic personality, right? We spoke about personality yesterday. People who appreciate life are more likely, more approachable and more attractive. As a result, they invite all kinds of opportunities into their lives. We know that there will be times when things don't exactly go as we planned. But a heart that says arigato in the face of all it gives as an inner resolve that navigates us through all kinds of rough waters. So take every chance you get to show gratitude, show appreciation for yourself. If you live in the flow of gratitude, your life will be full 
of unexpected miracles when you are in this kind of flow with your inner self and with those those around us we live with happy money your life is made up of experiences when you are about to die you won't be worrying about how much money you made or how much you have in the bank you will remember that all the people who loved who all the people you loved and all the things you did with any luck you'll be surrounded by those who loved you most and the times and the time comes for you to depart this earth so your life is made up of these experiences the moral of the story what you own isn't the most important thing in your life people are you are so focus on your life what makes you feel most alive while you're here and create as many wonderful memories as you can spend your time your money your energy your happy money tokens on the people who matter most to you the people you love and appreciate be mindful of of what you spend your money on is it where your love is is it where your trust is best happiest self is chances are you may not need a lot of money to make memories with your loved ones be creative whatever you're doing whatever you're going to do open to many possibilities opportunities open up when you're creative when you take risk feel appreciative hopeful and abundant and are open to receiving my hope is that if you treat yourself your loved ones with gratitude kindness life will treat you in kind I pray for your peace, happiness, and prosperity. This is my prayer for you. May all the blessings and happy money come to you. May all the blessings and happy money come to you. And finally, arigato, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of this amazing book, Happy Money. Thank you so much for sitting through this reading with me. Thank you for finishing this book. Just so you are absolutely aware of the amazing thing we've done. We have just finished one month of the Money Heist podcast. This is episode 30. That's 30 days. Uh, and we managed to do three books. The Science of Getting Rich. The Wealthiest Man of Babylon. And Happy Money. This is incredible. Imagine what, where, how much you should know. All the things you should be doing a year from now. If, if on average we can just do two books a month. We did three in about 30 30, 13 plus 4. In about 34 days. 34 days we did 3 books. 3 very good books. Shake my hand man. I appreciate you. See you tomorrow for a whole new book. Cheers everybody. Goodbye.